Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirchner. In our long-form weekend podcast this time, Glenn does the weekly legal recap, starting off with Georgia District Attorney Fawny Willis telling Congressman Jim Jordan that he's abusing his authority by interfering in her RICO prosecution of Donald Trump. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Well, we're back for another weekend edition of our audio podcast, Justice Matters. And on the weekends, as you may know, we do a deep dive into the legal issues of the day. We look back at the past week. We look forward to what the week ahead may hold in store. And this weekend, we have a lot to talk about on the Donald Trump accountability front. And I know, I know, friends, sometimes justice seems to take forever, but then it comes all at once. Now, I'm not saying we have arrived at the all at once part, but we're headed in that direction. You know, the accountability snowball is gathering mass, it is gathering momentum, it's gathering steam, it's rolling in the right direction. And I say that because, you know, the snowball of accountability is rolling in the direction of multiple criminal trials against Donald Trump. And there's something else that I sense may be coming, and that's a wake-up call. A wake-up call to the Republican Party, because right now, you know, they still view Donald Trump as their likely nominee for president, right? They still are afraid to break away from Donald Trump for fear that Trump's supporters will abandon them, will turn on them. But a wake-up call is coming. And friends, here's what that wake-up call will sound like and will look like. Imagine that Trump goes to trial beginning in March in Washington, D.C. That's the case that's being presided over by Judge Tanya Chutkin. Right? That's the case for Trump trying to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election, trying to reinstall himself in the presidency as a dictator, right? contrary to the expressed will of the American voters. Friends, in that case, which is set to begin with jury selection on March 4th, Trump will be convicted, hands down. The jury will convict him just as quickly as they convicted his criminal associate, Peter Navarro, right? He'll be convicted so fast it will make his head spin because the evidence is just that overwhelming and Donald Trump's defenses 
are non-existent. Trust me, friends, I had to assess the strength, the quality, the viability of defenses in criminal cases for 30 years. Donald Trump's defenses on the law and on the facts are non-existent. And after he's convicted by a jury of his peers, he will be sentenced to prison and he will be ordered into the custody of the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And Judge Chutkin will not, will not grant Trump's request to remain free pending appeal, to remain on release pending appeal the way a Trump-appointed judge granted Steve Bannon's request to remain on release pending appeal, and that was a travesty. So Donald Trump will be a guest of the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And the Republican Party, under those circumstances, will stand behind him as their nominee for the presidency? That my friends, is lunacy and it's political suicide. Now, I admit we've seen a lot of lunacy from the Republican Party, but a federal inmate, a convicted felon serving time as the Republican nominee for the presidency? You know, I happen to believe at that point, the scales of self-preservation will tip and the Republicans who thus far have refused to walk away from Donald Trump will have to extricate themselves from his grasp because if they don't, they will go down with the SS Trump. Now, I'm not a political pundit. I'm not a political expert. I don't even try to play one on TV. But what I've just described is kind of what I see on the horizon. Yes, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I will undoubtedly be wrong again. Kind of comes with the territory of, you know, being human. But I don't believe I'm wrong about Donald Trump going to trial, being convicted, and being imprisoned. That is only a matter of time because the evidence of Trump's crimes is so overwhelming and Trump's defenses, his legal defenses, the defenses that will actually see the light of day inside a courtroom are non-existent. So friends, I want to unpack with you today three stories, three ongoing stories concerning the crimes and corruption of Donald Trump and some of his criminal associates, you know, some of the people who are in a very real sense continuing to act as his co-conspirators or as his accessories after the fact. And I want to start with one of Donald Trump's most dedicated criminal associates, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is abusing his power and his authority and his position as a member of Congress and as the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He is abusing his power and his position by trying to interfere in and obstruct District Attorney Fonnie Willis's RICO prosecution of Trump and company down in Georgia. 
And Jordan has been pretty damn transparent about what he's doing, right? Misusing the powers of Congress to try to throw sand in the gears of Trump's RICO prosecution in Georgia. And Fonnie Willis just told Jordan expressly, directly, clearly, and unequivocally that he is doing precisely that, interfering and obstructing. And here's how I want to take on this topic today, friends. I want to read a very short letter that District Attorney Willis just sent to Jim Jordan because she couldn't have been more plain or more direct or more right. Now, by way of background, before I read D.A. Willis's letter, Jim Jordan remains a subpoena defier. Right? Here's a quick recap. Jim Jordan was part and parcel of Donald Trump's insurrection, his attempt to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election, his attempt to bring an end to our democracy by stealing the presidency away from the American voters. So the January 6th House Select Committee that was investigating the insurrection subpoenaed Jim Jordan to testify because Jim Jordan had and has in his possession, in his head, what is undoubtedly some directly and sharply incriminating evidence about and against Donald Trump. And Jordan, in his determination to hide that evidence, bury that evidence, secrete that evidence, not share it, with the January 6th House Select Committee not share it with the American people, he criminally defied that congressional subpoena, a subpoena from the very body, Congress, of which he was a member. In the process, by defying that subpoena, Jim Jordan committed the crime of contempt of Congress, for which he has yet to be held accountable. And then, ironically, Jordan was made chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. And given the very subpoena power that he defied, so he could subpoena other people, expecting them to comply when he would not. You know, this is like making the arsonist the fire chief. Right? This is governmental insanity. So given that Jim Jordan got to abuse and ignore the very subpoena power he now wields, not surprisingly, he is abusing that power and weaponizing it against others. And the latest example of that is he's using his position and his power as chairman of the House Judiciary Committee to interfere in District Attorney Fawny Willis's RICO prosecution of Donald Trump. And in response to Jim Jordan's demands for all kinds of information, confidential information, privileged information about Willis's prosecution of Donald Trump, here is how DA Willis just replied to Jim Jordan. Dear Mr. Jordan, I am in receipt of your letter dated September 27th, 2023. A charitable explanation of your correspondence is that 
you are ignorant of the United States and Georgia constitutions and codes. A more troubling explanation is that you are abusing your authority as chairman of the Committee on the Judiciary to attempt to obstruct and interfere with a Georgia criminal prosecution. Indeed, you confessed to this motivation on Mark Levin's September 10 show when discussing one of my office's active prosecutions. You boasted, quote, we're trying to get all the answers, but we're trying to stop this stuff as well, close quote. While you, Jordan, may enjoy immunity under the United States Constitution's speech or debate clause, that does not make your behavior any less offensive to the rule of law. As the person chosen by the citizens of Fulton County to be their district attorney, I serve them. And my team and I are exceptionally busy. We have already written a letter, which I have attached again for your reference, explaining why the legal positions you advance are meritless. Nothing you've said in your latest letter changes that fact. As I have explained, your requests implicate significant, well-recognized confidentiality interests related to an ongoing criminal matter, as well as serious constitutional concerns regarding federalism and separation of powers. To the extent you have specific questions about the Department of Justice's communications, we refer you to the Department of Justice. To the extent you have specific questions about our use of federal funds, we have already provided you with extensive information. And further information can be found here at www.justice.gov backslash grants. My attached prior letter provided you with four noble suggested uses of your authority as chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. One, enhancing funding for victim witness advocates. Two, expanding funding for testing all rape kits. Three, supporting the Credible Messengers program, which helps to turn around children in trouble with the criminal justice system. And four, ensuring adequate funding to support state crime labs which test for drugs like fentanyl. I would encourage you to focus your attention on those issues, which would make life better for the American people. Signed, yours in service, Fawny T. Willis, Fulton County District Attorney, Atlanta Judicial Circuit. Well, friends, D.A. Willis said a mouthful, didn't she? She let Jordan know that she will not be bullied, certainly not by a member of Congress who is abusing his position, his power, and his authority. And, you know, D.A. Willis may technically be right when she says that Jordan has some level of immunity under the United States Constitution's speech or debate clause, right? And I understand that that makes it perhaps difficult challenging, maybe even impossible to charge Jordan with obstructing justice in Georgia. 
Now, I actually don't think it's impossible. I do acknowledge it would be a difficult and challenging proposition to charge Jordan for the crimes he's committing because of the immunity that he enjoys under the speech or debate clause. And I'm going to set that issue aside for the moment, though, frankly, friends, I don't happen to believe the speech or debate clause was included in the Constitution or is designed to empower a member of Congress like Jim Jordan to abuse his office and his authority and issue subpoenas or demand information that is, you know, a direct interference, an unconstitutional interference in a state court prosecution. I just don't think that's what the speech or debate clause was designed to protect or excuse or shield from accountability. I would take that case to court and argue, you know, whether the Constitution grants that power to government officials to act unconstitutionally. I don't think it does. I don't think it should. And I think it's a battle that should be fought, must be fought, because if you don't fight it, you're empowering and encouraging the corrupt likes of the Jim Jordans of the world. But you know, there's something that the speech or debate clause protections don't cover, and that is insurrectionists in Congress. Members of Congress who engaged in, assisted, or gave aid and comfort to the insurrection or the insurrectionists, they are disqualified from serving in Congress. So here is a plea that I've made before, and I'll make it again and again and again. DOJ, if you're listening, we have insurrectionists in Congress who continue to try to destroy us from within. They continue to try to destroy our democracy from within. DOJ. Can you please step to the law enforcement plate for an at-bat? Come on out of the dugout, pick up the bat of justice, and take a swing at accountability. Take a swing, figuratively speaking, at the insurrectionists in Congress. I think the American people would be satisfied with uh, a double, a single, hell, a bunt, a foul tip, anything. Please just take a swing at accountability and justice. Please try to hold accountable the insurrectionists in Congress like Jim Jordan and so many others who continue to try to destroy us from within. Friends, remember that there were a handful of people, some of whom are still serving in Congress, who asked for pardons. They requested pardons because they knew they had committed crimes on and around January 6th, and they wanted to get away with those crimes. That's a confession, right? Even the Supreme Court, back in 1915, in the Burdick case, said a pardon carries with it an imputation of guilt, and accepting a pardon is at least some admission of guilt. So DOJ, just step to the plate for an accountability 
at bat. I think the American people would even forgive you for striking out. But if you don't come out of the dugout and you don't take a swing at justice, you know, take a swing, figuratively speaking, at holding accountable the insurrectionists in the United States Congress, then, you know, we may soon reach the point of no return. On the way, prosecutors have filed a motion hoping to protect jurors in Donald Trump's upcoming trial in Washington, D.C. for trying to overturn the 2020 election. Glenn discusses this next on Justice Matters. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Special counsel Jack Smith has filed a motion urging Judge Tanya Chutkin to adopt some jury procedures to protect them from Donald Trump's dangerous threats and intimidation. Glenn says he's betting this motion will be granted. Okay, friends, here is topic number two on the Trump accountability front. It involves a newly filed motion by special counsel Jack Smith and his team of federal prosecutors It's a motion for, quote, fair and protective jury procedures, close quote. Here is the opening salvo from that new Jack Smith court filing. Trial in this matter, in which the defendant, a former president, is charged with attempting to overturn the presidential election, disenfranchise millions of Americans, and obstruct the peaceful transfer of power is a matter of national importance and will likely generate significant public attention. To ensure that voir dire, that's a fancy term for jury selection, to ensure that voir dire in this case proceeds in an orderly, efficient, and fair manner, the government, the prosecutors, propose that the court use a written juror questionnaire shortly in advance of in-person jury selection The questionnaire would save time by allowing the court to excuse some potential jurors without requiring them to appear in court and by permitting the court and the parties, meaning the prosecutors and the defense attorneys, to organize and streamline their questions for in-person voir dire, jury selection. Because the questionnaire process will give the parties, the attorneys, early access to prospective jurors 
identifying information, in other words, their names, who these people are that have been called for jury service in a criminal trial against a former president of the United States, because these questionnaires will give that information to the attorneys and it will give them the ability to conduct open source research regarding them, the jurors, the court should impose reasonable boundaries for such research and reiterate its practice of prohibiting public identification of potential or selected jurors. So that, my friends, is Jack Smith teeing things up before a court hearing that is scheduled for this coming Monday, October 16th, a hearing at which Judge Tanya Chutkin will preside over arguments regarding whether Donald Trump should be gagged, whether the judge should issue a narrowly tailored set of restrictions and limitations on Donald Trump's dangerous, reckless rhetoric on his speech, on his posts. Now, I'll be in the courtroom on October 16th here in D.C., and I very much look forward to that argument. So this new Jack Smith motion, this new filing, does a couple of things. It asks the judge to use a juror questionnaire, which is something that prosecutors generally do in large cases, complex cases, cases that are expected to last several weeks or several months. I used juror questionnaires in the RICO cases that I tried. We would have jurors fill out these lengthy questionnaires in advance so we could begin to determine if, you know, they were going to be able to sit as fair and impartial jurors in the case. And Jack Smith also seeks to prevent Donald Trump from doing anything that would endanger those jurors. But then, in the same new court filing, Jack Smith goes on to do a couple of other things. Most importantly, in anticipation of Monday's gag order hearing, Jack Smith tells the judge, Judge Chutkin, what Donald Trump just did up in New York when he posted something that endangered the New York judge's law clerk. Here's what Jack Smith told Judge Chutkin about Trump's conduct in his New York fraud trial, which we're going to turn to in just a few minutes. He says, quote, there are good reasons in this case for the court to impose restrictions. Chief among them is the defendant's continued use of social media as a weapon of intimidation in court proceedings. In addition to the record before the court from the prosecutor's previous filings, just last week, the defendant, Trump, escalated his conduct and publicly attacked the trial judge's law clerk in his pending civil fraud trial in New York State Supreme Court. The defendant did so by reposting on his Truth Social account, which has 6.4 million followers, a photograph of the law clerk, that is Judge Ngoron's law clerk, and the law clerk was depicted with United States Senator Chuck Schumer with a baseless caption that said the law clerk was Senator Schumer's girlfriend 
who's running the case against me. How disgraceful. This case should be dismissed immediately. That was Trump's post. As a result of that post, the judge in that case was forced to issue an oral order that no party speak publicly about members of the court staff. And then friends, Jack Smith added a little bit more information about what yet another federal judge said about Donald Trump and his recklessness and his dangerous speech and posts. Jack Smith quotes the judge who presided over the E. Jean Carroll case. You remember the one that she brought against Donald Trump for defamation and just mopped the floor with him, took him to the cleaners. The judge in the E. Jean Carroll case noted, quote, the defendants repeated attacks on courts, judges, various law enforcement officials, and other public officials, and even individual jurors. So Judge Chutkin, come Monday, October 16th, will have tons of information and evidence supporting the need for a Trump gag order. So I predict Judge Chutkin will impose some sort of restrictions on Trump's speech and on his posts. And then the question becomes, what will she do when, not if, but when, Donald Trump violates those restrictions. Now, friends, I can tell you, during my time as a prosecutor, I unfortunately had lots of defendants violate restrictions that the judge had placed on them. And here is how it ordinarily plays out. The judge will release somebody pending trial. And Donald Trump is on pretrial release in not one, but four felony cases two federal and two state. And the judge will impose conditions on the defendant's release. And when the defendant violates one or more of those conditions, the judge will issue what's called a show cause order directing the defendant through his lawyers to show cause why he should not be sanctioned for violating the conditions of release set by the judge. Now, ordinarily, the first violation involves the judge hauling the defendant into court and giving the defendant a very stern, direct talking to, right? Telling the defendant some version of, look, defendant Trump, I set conditions that you were required to follow and you've chosen to violate one or more of those conditions. So here is what I'm telling you. Here's what I'm promising you. If you violate one more condition, do it one more time, I will detain you pending trial. I will revoke your pretrial release and I will detain you pending trial. So what I'm doing today, Defendant Trump, is I am putting the keys to the jail cell in your hands, figuratively speaking, and it's up to you whether you're going to spend the remainder of your time in a pretrial status out and about or whether you're going to spend the remainder of your pretrial time sitting your butt in a jail cell because you are unwilling or unable 
to abide by the conditions of release I have set for you. Do you understand defendant Trump? And then, ordinarily, when and if the defendant violates a condition of release, again, after that stern talking to delivered by the judge, the defendant will be revoked on pretrial release and detained pending trial. I've seen that happen many a time. And frankly, that is the fate I see in the offing for Donald Trump. No guarantees, of course, but it sure feels like that is the you know, direction in which the accountability snowball is rolling. Coming up, Donald Trump has announced he's heading back to New York to watch specific testimony in his business fraud trial. Glenn explains this next on Justice Matters. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Donald Trump is threatening to return to court, apparently to make mean faces at his former lawyer, Michael Cohen who has turned witness against him. Will Judge Engeron issue another gag order for Trump? Here's Glenn. Okay, friends, let's finish up with Donald Trump's ongoing fraud trial in New York. Now, this is the one that Judge Engoron is presiding over. This is the one in which the judge issued what I have called a snap gag order when Donald Trump endangered the judge's law clerk. And you know, in case you have not been keeping up with that case, the judge already delivered a significant win to New York Attorney General Letitia James and the people of New York by granting what's called a partial summary judgment. In other words, already ruling on the question of whether Donald Trump engaged in fraud, he did. And A.G. James and the people of New York have already won on that issue and Donald Trump has already lost on that issue. So now in essence, they're trying to figure out in this trial that's underway up in New York, how much money Donald Trump will have to quote, disgorge, the legal term, how much will he have to pay back to the people of New York? And Donald Trump actually showed up for the first couple of days of his New York fraud trial. Remember, he didn't show up at all for the E. Jean Carroll case. Of course, he went down in flames in that case. He actually showed up and he sat in the courtroom for a couple of days looking angry and glowering at everybody, including the witnesses, just making a juvenile fool of himself. 
And then after a couple of days, apparently he grew tired of attending his own fraud trial and he left and he didn't return. Now, yes, you may have heard, it looks like Donald Trump is using his attendance at this trial to duck and dodge and delay other depositions that he's been ordered to sit for. He probably is doing that, but let's set that aside for the moment. Now, Donald has threatened to return to that New York courtroom to attend some more of his fraud trial. Notably, he said he's going to attend when Michael Cohen testifies against him. As the New York Times headline put it, quote, Trump plans return to New York court for a showdown with Michael Cohen, close quote. So apparently, Trump is going to come back into that courtroom, sit there and make mean faces at his former lawyer and fixer turned witness against him, Michael Cohen. You know what, friends? My money is on Michael Cohen. And I think my favorite quote from the New York Times article about Trump's return to New York for a showdown with Cohen is what Michael Cohen says. He says, quote, yeah, it's been five years since we've seen each other, Mr. Cohen said in a response to a request for comment on Mr. Trump's plans to return to the trial. Quote, I look forward to the reunion. I hope Donald does as well. Close quote. Well, we'll see how much Judge Ngoron orders Trump and company to disgorge, to pay back for their decades of rampant fraud, victimizing the people of New York, the taxpayers of New York. And before we leave this topic, because I am never one to let DOJ off the hook, it would sure be nice if we saw Donald Trump held accountable for his federal tax crimes that seem to have spanned decades in New York. Yes, he committed New York state crimes, but you know what? He undoubtedly committed federal tax crimes as he was you know, defrauding the people of New York, his rampant business fraud. You know, accountability for career criminals shouldn't be this hard. You know, it shouldn't be this hard. You know, maybe I got a skewed perspective on things for the 40 years that I was a prosecutor. Because when I saw evidence of crime, when I saw enough evidence to open an investigation, I opened an investigation. When I saw enough evidence to ask a grand jury to indict someone, I asked the grand jury to indict that person. And if I had a reasonable likelihood of success on the merits, that is a reasonable expectation that I could prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, I went to trial. I tried the defendant for his or her crimes. Now, to me, none of that, none of what I just said is rocket science, right? It's law enforcement and prosecution 101. But when it comes to Donald Trump, it doesn't seem like the institutions of government, most pointedly our law enforcement agencies, make their decisions based solely and exclusively on the facts and the law. Because if they did, 
Donald Trump would be detained pending trial right now, and he would have been prosecuted over and over and over again for his career of fraud. But it seems like there are lots of extraneous factors and considerations that are playing into the decision, you know, the decisions regarding whether the institutions of government should hold Trump accountable. You know, yes, we've made progress. Yes, four indictments are nothing to sneeze at, but because Donald Trump is a danger to the community, a clear and present danger, he is clearly and convincingly a danger, which is the evidentiary standard to detain somebody pending trial. Well, he should be detained pending trial. It's not rocket science. It's not overreach from this crazy old career prosecutor. It is the law, the way the law is intended to be applied, but it is not being applied fairly to Donald Trump. And it's just not right. I don't think there is a principled, fact-based argument that the law has been applied fairly and even-handedly to Donald Trump or his criminal associates or the insurrectionists in Congress. We have exposed ourselves time and again as being a government that caters to the wealthy, the powerful, the influential, the connected, the ruling class criminals. And I think we should work like hell to change that, to make America a place where there is, you know, an equal application of the laws, not just to the poor, but to the rich, not just to the people with no power, no influence and no connections, but to the people with power and influence and connections. That's the kind of America we the people deserve. Is it? within our grasp. I'm not sure, but I do know that if we don't fight for it, then it will never be within our grasp. So let's say we fight for it, right? Because justice, equal justice matters. You know, and friends, justice is a team sport. We all need to be in the game. After the break, Glenn has a special announcement about an appearance he has coming up in Los Angeles. This is Justice Matters. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
Next weekend, Glenn is making a special guest appearance on stage in L.A. with Ron Perlman, John Fugelsang, Stephanie Miller, and many more. Here's Glenn. Okay, friends, so before I go, I want to share just one announcement with you. I will be joining my friend Stephanie Miller, who you probably know is the country's premier progressive radio talk show host and comedian extraordinaire. I'll be joining Stephanie Miller on stage at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills, California on Saturday evening, October 21st, as part of Stephanie Miller's Sexy Liberal Tour. Yeah, it always makes me cringe when I have to share that I am part of anything that has the word sexy in the title, but (laughs) it will be a night filled with fun, comedy, scorched earth justice talk, you know, with an overarching focus on democracy, decency, empathy, equality of opportunity, inclusivity, voting rights, respect for the rule of law, and the need for accountability. And I'll be on stage as part of a panel with democracy warriors like Rob Reiner and Ron Perlman and Malcolm Nance, and of course, Stephanie and the crew. So I hope that if you're within striking distance of Beverly Hills, California on October 21st, that you'll consider coming out and joining us at the Saban Theater. Or you can live stream the event for more information about that. You can go to sexyliberal.com. So let's leave it there, friends. And if you want to find me elsewhere, you can find me on the social media platforms at Glenn Kirshner 2, my name and the number 2. You can go to my YouTube channel, Justice Matters with Glenn Kirshner, where I post a legal analysis video every day, seven days a week, trying to unravel the legal issue of the day. Of course, you can also find me wherever you're listening to this audio podcast. And I post audio podcasts several times a week, including our long format discussion on the weekends. And finally, if you want to more formally support our all-volunteer efforts here at Justice Matters, you can go over to patreon.com. You can sign up to become a patron. And if you do, I'll send you some Team Justice and Justice Matters stickers and a personal handwritten note of thanks. And as always, thank you to the many of you who are supporting our all-volunteer efforts over on Patreon. We could not do this seven days a week without your help and support. So thank you, thank you. And as always, friends, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon.